Well, that's that. A season of ups, downs and more ups eventually finished on a downer. It wasn't meant to be and we'll be discussing the playoff disappointment and more on this week's Baggies broadcast. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast with me, Johnny Drury. As always, I'm joined by Albion correspondent Lewis Cox for almost the last time this season. We were hoping for more, a playoff campaign, and for four glorious minutes in South Wales, it was very much on. Um, But for the other 86, it wasn't meant to be, and eventually it wasn't meant to be. Coxie, um, you weren't there in South Wales for us. You were were getting merry in Germany. I'm sure you had a better weekend than most... uh, the most Albion fans. How are you doing? Have you recovered? Morning, Johnny. Um, continuing the recovery phase, <laughs> I think, is is the best way to. Uh, yeah, I probably did have a. Yeah, yeah, I probably did have a better weekend. I, I, I think that's a fair, a fair bet. I, I was obviously gutted to see how it went. You know, I had everything crossed. I was, I was keeping. Albion played just before our flight home, actually. So I, I was keeping, keeping abreast and getting excited at various points but uh yeah I had a great time mate still feeling the effects massively tired um yeah and struggling to shake sniffles from I don't know probably too many beers let's be honest um definitely too many beers but no it was great and yeah got it how it went got it how it went I hope you had a decent trip to South Wales regardless and uh Seen the highlights. I've I've read the reaction. It uh, didn't go Albion's way, did it? In in South Wales or elsewhere, unfortunately. So um, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, but we're in the summer and we'll crack on. We will crack on indeed. The overriding emotion from from Swansea's disappointment and now the the post mortem of the season and the and then the rebuild will begin. But we'll touch briefly on Swansea. Um, we'll we'll look at some early swirling transfer rumours. Um, didn't take long for that sort of cog to start turning. Um, we've got loads of your questions, so we're going to focus on a lot of that today. Um, and we want to touch on, well, there's a lot of things we were going to touch on that you've asked about, so we're going to focus a lot on your questions. And TJ Smithy has re- returned with his first quiz in a while. He put me through my paces last week on sort of playoff stuff, and it was a toughie. Uh, but I did, didn't do too bad. But we'll start with we'll start with Swansea. Coxie, Albion went ahead twice. There's not much more to say, really. They went ahead twice, you know, threw it away almost in the last second. Just... If a 90 minutes could epitomise Albion's roller coaster season, it was probably Monday <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. yeah, ups and downs. Uh, you know, in a, in a perverse way, kind of fitting, wasn't it? I suppose. Yeah. Um, however, it was kind of a mirror image of the season, wasn't it? Because it probably, you know, Swansea started with ups, didn't it, and sort of finished on a down, sort of rolls reverse of of Albion's season. But yeah, ups and downs in South Wales. <laughs> I was um I was excited and. Excited for those four minutes you mentioned, Johnny, when when Albion were there, mm. and then excited, obviously when when Shamir J put them back ahead. Uh, I think at at um, at Blackburn fought Blackburn fought back by that point, I think. But then I think they had, just, yeah. So I, I think at that point, the party, didn't they? Yeah, at that point, I think the Jai scored, and Sunderland, uh, sorry, Blackburn had got it back to three all, and it was nil nil at Sunderland. But very briefly. Very no, no, was it maybe? Because the four minutes was in the first half, so when Albion went ahead, so no, I think Albion went ahead and Blackburn had gone three-two. Yeah. And then I think Swansea drew level and it went three-all at Blackburn. 
Yeah. So obviously we needed another goal, and then yeah. Sunderland did their business and scored a, a you know, hatful of worldies in in three minutes. Um, yeah, I was getting some intermittent updates while on the train in the North Rhine, and I was kind of cheering each goal we needed, and then sort of cursing uh, loudly as Fleming Sunderland, you know, started fine clicking into gear, and yeah, um, a shame, a shame really, and I, I know. Having listened back to the post-match stuff that obviously I missed at the time, uh, Carlos Corbin wasn't particularly happy, was he? I think he was quite frosty, which he isn't. Well, I've never really seen him that way, and particularly unhappy with the ref at the at the free kick for for Piro's late winner. But yeah, pro- probably irritated that yeah he side led twice and chucked it away because regardless of it not going Albin's way elsewhere and Sunderland doing the business regardless, even though Millwall somehow managed to choke. Um, Albion, yeah, you know, Carlos would have wanted at his side to do everything they can, do their side of the bargain, push, push it for them all the way, and then if you miss out by another result, you know you've done all you can. So it, it'd have been a bit, a bit annoyed, and, and and he felt quite strongly that Albion merited at least a point, didn't he, with their their work rate down there. We we know Swansea. Obviously, I didn't see the game. I've seen highlights, but and, and you'll back this up having been there, Johnny. Swansea are a unique side, aren't they? R- Russell mm-hmm. Martin plays a unique way. Um, I know we'll, we'll get into it later and we've got questions about how Carlos Corbran uh, wants Albion to use the ball in defensive areas, that kind of stuff. Well, Russell, Russell Martin decides to take that to the extreme, don't they? They, they pass and pass and pass and it, it works for them sometimes. It costs them sometimes. Look at Yakushlu's opener. You know, if you don't pass around at the back, that's absolutely a void. You know, if you're a Swans fan, perhaps you're ripping your hair out. I, I don't know. Um, but it can be a wonderful style of play when it works, can't it? But um, yeah, it's, they're a tough opponent, Swansea. They've got good footballers. They attack well. It was a hard away game, wasn't it, in the, in the on the last day? And Swansea are in some decent form, just fell short themselves, didn't they? So yeah, it's a shame Albion couldn't end on a high note for themselves. But let's not get too caught up over the final day. It didn't go Albion's way elsewhere. Christ, if 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 it had of gone Albion's way elsewhere and they're losing to a, a 90th minute goal. I think we'd all still be crying now, wouldn't we? But yeah, the, the clearly damage was done over a, you know, over an average of 45 games previously. Yeah, where we're going to look at an awful lot of things next week, which will be our last little normal pod of the year, well, of the season. Um, and we're going to go through various different things, injuries, you know, Bruce, you know, the goalkeeping situation, what went, what went wrong, where it went wrong. But for you, Coxie, you know, I know for me personally, when you look back at the situation Albion were in, probably there was that two-week break, wasn't there, before April 1st, and you're looking at the games and you're thinking they've got enough here to go and, and do it. And we build that Millwall game as a huge game, didn't we? Um, mm-hmm. Where where for you was it, was it, you know, I know Albion were in it right to the death, but where was it? For me, it was lost. On that Friday, Easter Friday at Rotherham, and probably that good or Bank Holiday Monday, sorry, at, um, at QPR. But was there any any other places where you think, you know, you, it, on the face of it, you look at it, another win, and Albion would have been there thereabouts, wouldn't they? To to, yeah, to coin yeah. a Steve Bruce phrase, but um, <laughs> it, it's yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? Where you know it wasn't as much as Albion disappointed to lose at Swansea. It didn't matter in the grand scheme of things with everything else that happened, and it was probably lost elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you're right. Certainly, an instant memory that Bank Holiday doubleheader, um, because Albion really, I think 
Rotherham away was the worst performance under Corbyn, I would say, but possibly with Blues away in there. Um, that was a shocker. You know, Rotherham are a poor side, aren't they? I know they they stayed up, but yeah, that was that was one to forget. And I know Corbyn was very angry after that. But then the Monday at home, where yeah, Albion was supreme. They raced into a two-goal lead, didn't they? Raced, and it looked like it would just be so comfortable, you know. Even if they win 2-0, you know, pack up and forget about it. But I suppose credit QPR. They, sc- they scored at least one good goal that day, didn't they? But, wow, they poor side, weren't they? Really poor side. Such a frustration. And that's one. However, we can't hang our hat on that's where it got away, can we? We, In terms of under, under Corbyn, uh, the away form, in general, really, is where it got away. I, now, I know I know it was put to rights, wasn't it? Um, where did uh, Stoke and, and then Blackpool, obviously, late on. But before that, three months, Johnny. Three, just over three months without an away win. Um, yeah, even draws were, were sparse, weren't they, on the road? It was there, was, there was that one at Cardiff, wasn't there, before the international break? But that, that night in Hull, Watford prior to that, that no, night, I was grim, wasn't it? It was, it was. <laughs> I've already mentioned blues, which was which was bad, wasn't it? Yeah. Right, the, Blue, the one, blues the and Rotherham are the two best. worst displays, aren't they? And the core brand, I think. Yeah, blues I think so. was, the one before that's Burnley, um, which was Friday night in late Jan. And, and there's no shame in losing up there, is there? Um, having had a good go and lost to a bit of quality um, late on in the last minute. And, and interestingly, that was. I saw the first game after the injury started to bite, really. Uh, just lost Matty Phillips prior to that, and Dean Garner would soon go down. And yeah, we, we, when when we dig a bit deeper, you know, we'll, we'll touch maybe more on the injuries. But th- there's no question that I think Albion's push was was curtailed to a point on, under Carlos with with those injuries. Not not a small squad, but when when you delve under the um, the immediate regulars. The, the drop off in quality was was certainly telling, and and that hit Albion. And I think the the away form, if if certain players aren't missing, I, I don't think Albion go on that away winless run. But it cost them, didn't it? It, it cost them those away. If you, you know, if you're taking a point even from a couple of those defeats, you know, we mentioned Watford, uh, Blues, and and obviously, um, what am I thinking of? The one after that, uh, Watford Blues Hall. Sorry. Yeah, take a couple of points from those. You know, it, it changes the complexion, doesn't it? I think uh, the, the the Blackburn home draw as well came just after Palmer's injury, didn't it? And and Josh Griffiths let that sort of squirm through his grasp in the last minute. That's two points as well. But listen, this this is all under Corbran, and, and by and large, Albion were a brilliant recovery under him, wasn't it? And we can look at the at the start of the season. I think I heard. Connor Townsend, after the game the other day, mentioned um, it was a return of 14 points from from the first 17 games, and that that actually made me sort of stand up and take you know take note and almost remind myself, not not that I wanted to, but that, that the return was actually that bad. Yeah, it couldn't have been much worse, could it really? And just just I agree with Townsend, really gave themselves too much of a mountain to climb. And while it looked yeah. like Albin had sort of scaled that mountain come the new year because they were getting in around the playoff place, actually, that's only because it was 10 wins from 11 or whatever. And that runs, ne- you're never going to sustain that, are you? You're never going to sustain 10 runs in 11 and make it 20 wins from 21 or 22. Um, 
yeah, the drop-off was a bit too much and too many points were dropped, but I think we have to look at why that is and it leveling off and availability and yeah. Um, yeah, so you, you have to, you, the failing re, the failing was in the start of the season, wasn't it clearly? And, and um, the performance, the performances under Bruce were okay for a bit, weren't they? They're were okay. We weren't, you know, we're not going to go into those, but they're okay. But then confidence started disappearing altogether. And, and I think we all knew and, even you know Ron, Ron Gourlay in in a chat we had with him even admitted that that decision to to part company with Bruce came too late didn't it a few weeks too late could have happened sooner and maybe things would have been different you could argue things perhaps would have been different so yeah catalogue of reasons really I suppose yeah but but, but mostly mostly going back to those first few months yeah we'll um we'll delve deeper into that in uh, in next week's. Next week's episode, Lewis. Before we go into the quiz and, and a mountain of questions on transfers and who should go, who we should be, Albion should be looking at. We're going to just touch on the off-field stuff now. We we know that shareholders for Albion put together a lengthy document that went to uh, um, Albion director Zuki, known as Ken, to to Baggy's fans um, regarding all the various loans, off-field situation of which you know we all know. Um, well, we all know on the face of it what's going on. We don't really have many answers as to when they're going to be resolved. Um, and that's what this document from S4A was all about. Um, and it came on the back of Ken visiting China, going to visit owner Gouch and Lai um, to get some some sort of answers from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Um, Lewis, it's been quiet. They've given him 10 days to respond to all these questions. Um, if you want to read all the questions, they're all on the, the Express and Star website. But well, you were going to ask me to do that then, Johnny. No, 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 not at all. No, we've only got an hour. Um <laughs> But it's again, it's a situation of you're not Albion aren't getting out. It's a situation we had, you know, maybe last year when we were talking about the chief executive when we said oh, sort of we needed to hear more from the chief executive. We need to more. And, and and fair play to Ron Gourlay he came out and he spoke to supporters, and I believe he's going to be potentially speaking with the press again um, in the near future. But it's time that Ken come out now because Lie's not going to come out. He he has to come out and talk and. You know, I think we copped a bit of flack, didn't we, last week from from some supporters saying, you know, the local press aren't aren't doing enough. Questions are being asked, but they're just, you know, they're not being they need to be answered. You know, one way or another, the the, the supporters need to the, the 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 hierarchy of which there's not many in the hierarchy. But Ken needs to come out, and there needs to be assure there needs to be assurances. The last letter that came out to S4A was not really acceptable. Didn't really say an awful lot. And the more this goes on, and the more it continues to be quiet, you know, the more worries they are they are going to be, especially now, given the situation where Albion haven't got in the playoffs, they're not going to get the Premier League money, you know, but it's yeah, all down to them. Yeah, yeah let's be honest, the, the questions that need answering can only be asked by, can only be answered, sorry, by a very, very few people, and certainly in terms of over here, you're right, you're right regards, Ken. Um, I'm not holding my breath, I won't hold my breath about, um, about us speaking to him, because I think I'll pass out if I'm holding my breath, but you know, for, for that long, it's just, I can't see it. Yeah, I don't want to say never say never, because I might be proven wrong, but I don't think it'll happen. Um, that's just me being a realist, not not negative or anything like that. Do you think that's the uh, only way the situation can improve? Because obviously we're not going to hear from Lai, and yeah, Ken well, is Lai's man, if there's a bit more transparency on that level. I think unfortunately for Ron Gourley, um, he's got, you know, he, as, the, as the face and, and the voice, I suppose, on the front, he's He's the one that that you know happily will, at some point, you know all being well, at some point will sit down with us and answer questions that uh, myself and the rest of the local press will will obviously have. 
Um, and that's good. Yeah, it's, it's it, it did that earlier in the season, and you know we were grateful for that. And obviously, we'll be doing that again soon. I I understand why that hasn't happened in you know, more recently in recent weeks because you know, let, let's be honest, Albin still had a, a, you know a hope, a sliver of hope of being in the in the top flight. And while it was a long shot, it it did change the sort of complexion significantly, didn't it? Mm. You, you know, it's 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 it would have been difficult for Ron to answer a lot of our questions then when you know it would have been a case of oh well you know we're still trying our best to to get up there and then you know this this and this changes in in monies received and stuff and the overall picture i guess but uh, as we say now we know the lie the, the lay of the land um we're hopeful that happens soon and but yeah unfortunately for ron he he's the um you know he, he'll obviously have he has correspondence with with ken and i you know will will be told the, yeah, we'll be aware of the situation. We'll be told of the situation, uh, positive and negative. However, you, you know, for, for obvious reasons, that there's probably only, in terms of questions that we want and need answering, not all of them will be able to be answered, will they? They won't be able to air everything. And you know, I, I'm I, I know that Ron will speak as honestly as he can, but only as honestly as he can. You know, clearly, every question that we're probably asked on this podcast, every question we want to ask. Um, you know, the likelihood of being able to get an on-record answer about that is is you know, not slim, but you know, there's obviously certain things that you know for confidentiality and agreements and, and stuff like that. I think, for that. example, for supporters, yeah, it's right. a case of the say, for example, the five million pound loan. You know, when you go into that meeting with Ron Gourlay, he'll ask, you know, do you know when this five million pound loan is going to be paid back? And all he can say is what comes from he he, he can't give an he can't give a an answer, an honest answer of what is in Lai's mind. He can only give an honest answer of what he's been told. And that's where the difficulty lies, isn't it? Where that's what he's been told by Lai and that's all he can say. Yeah, well, you know, again, we're just sort of speculating here, but I guess I guess Lai could have told Ken that it may never emerge or that they're trying and it may emerge in six months or 12 months or... You know, I haven't got the money for it, or I haven't got the money for it at the moment. Who knows out there, honestly? Yeah. Um, and like Ken, Ken may relay that, and and Ryan has to give a a reasoned on record answer to it. Um, yeah. Do, do I see a world where Ron tells us that it's never going to be repaid? I, I I don't know. Um, I, I don't know, and that honesty would be great if that is the case, and I'm sure fans would almost appreciate that honesty. But it, you know, it, it would clearly be. You know, it, it wouldn't be well received news, would it? Yeah, it would. It, it, but I think, but I think most fans are, are real enough, aren't they, Johnny? I, I don't know. From my perspective, are realistic enough to think, well, what's the likelihood of us ever seeing this money again? Really, the mm. l- lost hope, you know, broken promises. Um, that's what comes with broken promises, isn't it? Lost hope, and I, I, I don't think there's much hope in that, really, to be honest. And you know, there are the, there's so many other things to to be cleared up, aren't there? And and yeah, I know, I know Ron Gourlay will answer as much as he can, as honestly as he can. And yeah, we look forward to that and obviously look forward to writing that up and, and telling obviously supporters what what we can. Um, but it's it's such a frustrating period, isn't it? It's such a frustrating period. And yeah, I have some sympathies with Ron. Obviously, he, he holds a position and it's, it is, a, well, it is a privileged position, isn't it? To, you know, to be the, the top of the football of, of a club like West Bromwich Albion. However, at this moment in time, we've, uncertainties upstairs uh, yeah as the public face over here yeah he has to front it up i guess and unfortunately carry the can but 
you are right, Johnny, what you said at the top of this point. You know, Ken's here in England. He should should speak, shouldn't he? Should yeah. speak as direct. Well, you know, as director of group, I was going to say he should speak. But with, with the uncertainties, you, you can you can speak and all right, you just allay some fears or just clarify some things. All right, I appreciate he's not going to speak honestly about everything because there's not it's not good news, is it? Across the board, it's not good news. You know, we need to hopefully clarify the situation in terms of player sales with Albion this summer. What what they have to move on to continue you know, to continue afloat and things like that how, how much you know what what sort of portion or percentage or which type of players in in Corbyn's squad um are going to be listened to offers to you know things like that and that obviously has massive ramifications for next season what you know what what are Albin going to be able to do in the market this summer um you know even the head coach but there are other things there are other things aren't there you know let slightly different things in, in maybe not as much involving the ownership just in terms of you know I mean season tickets and that for, for next season obviously that's something that'll be on the agenda you know trying to get that out as early as possible to, to rally fans to obviously part with their hard-earned cash to go again and back Carlos Corbran again and hope that with a summer behind Corbran and being able to build it you know put his side together Alvin can have a, a real crack at it next season um I think you know, issues like that, which yeah, we look forward to getting some clarification for. Yeah, well, it certainly need to, to be, and that certainly needs to come from Mzuki or Ken. I know that previously Action for Albion have asked for him to be sort of present in meetings. Um, so it'll be interesting Excellent. to see how that how that goes. Just, you know, just quickly, Johnny, sorry, sorry, mate. Um, yeah, on S4A, you know that that document I thought that that was submitted um, was superb. Really, obviously, it comes from a place of sort of expertise in terms of the legal side of it, which is really something positive that Albion have on their hands when it comes to S4A, that, that sort of legal expertise that drills down into every sort of nook and cranny, drills down every, every bit of detail legally and, and demands that those answers. I mean, they gave Ken, what was it, a 10 working day deadline, I think, in, in terms of a response. And I, I believe that runs till middle of next week. So obviously keep finger on the pulse for that. And see if the uh, if if the minority shareholders do get a response, which clearly they sh they should. Um, and Ken has responded to them before, hasn't he? He's had correspondence before. Before, obviously, we know it's been to unsatisfactory levels. So um, there's, there's there's a lot for him to answer in this one, isn't there? And um, and it's not going to get you know obviously every question, every point is not going to be answered, is it? I mean, are even any going to be answered? It remains to be seen. One thing I find interesting when when we we obviously ran this story about the S4A letters out there. We had a lot of responses that um, a lot of supporters and readers sort of messaged back saying, well, 38 questions or whatever it was from the minority shareholders, but none of them said, why won't or when is Lie going to sell? And I just, not that that misses the point, because that is the end goal, isn't it, when, when Lie sells? But clearly, it's, that's clearly not going to be answered, is it? Yeah, that, that's it's, unfortunately that's no. his prerogative, and clearly he's not going to get a fat lot at the moment for Albion, is he? Yes, they've been. He's going to have to have a very change of yeah. change in, in in you know. Yes. In thinking to, been welcome to offers to, in, yeah. in years gone by, haven't there? But you know, in terms of that, what was it? Circa two hundred million investment that he made, what twenty sixteen? Um, 
I mean, he's fallen a long, long, long old way short of that at the moment, isn't he? Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so let's be honest. You know, do do we know? Does he want? Does he want to sell? I mean, I, you know, one would presume he does, but he doesn't want to sell for a well for a humongous loss, does he? You know, or you know, whoever is 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 working with like. You know, so I I, I realised I realised the sort of thirst and demand to having that question answered, but now that that kind of thing is not going to be answered, and and S four A are are hitting hard on you know the other factors, the loans, the interest, you know the the um, the two million loan from from Warmfront from from WBA Holdings, obviously details on the twenty million MST and the the vast interest there, and. And like, like you touched on, Johnny, obviously the, the five million um, wisdom smart was just yeah, you know, ten ten million now. It was um, it was referenced the club being owed, and you know ten million. Ugh, I mean, when Albion are having to go and go and go and loan out a twenty million sum, you know, with heavy interest just to just to sort of get through, and it, it's just it's just a shocking state of affairs. Um, so yeah, good good work for S for A to. To do as much as they can there. No, indeed. Apologies for if you saw it, heard any sort of sounds in the background there. My dog had a bit of a bit of a barking fit. He's he's definitely not happy with the, uh, the off-field situation at Alpin. Um, Coxie, just finally before we go on to adverts, quizzes, questions. Um, last week it was announced that a new um, EFL broadcasting deal had been signed between the EFL and Sky. Landmark deal that EFL called it. Um, clubs unanimously approved a record domestic rights deal with a broadcaster worth £935 million over a five-year period, which would see a thousand more, sorry, a thousand matches being broadcast every year, a record number for a for a TV deal. Um, the new deal represents a 50% increase in the value of the current rights agreement. Uh, it starts in 2024. Basically, clubs will be getting more money, so I'm sure I'll be, uh, be pleased with that if they are still, in fact, in the championship the season after next. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, twenty four, twenty five. That that kicks in, isn't it? I realised that uh, that news emerged while I was um, otherwise engaged over the weekend. But yeah, very very interesting sort of gear shift in terms of the EFL maintains the Saturday blackouts, doesn't it? That's another another factor of it. But it, it's sort of two pronged, isn't it? You, you can look at it a, you know, one of a, a few ways, I suppose, and, and maybe it brings to its its positives and negatives. Obviously, the financial side is a boost, I suppose um in terms of a record record deal but it's going to mean a hell of a lot more games on the box isn't it for so certainly would be for albion if they uh, if they remained a championship club and 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 every club really uh but but as albion fans have, have found out over recent years certainly while being in the championship again being on the box yeah it's it's from a club perspective it's welcome in terms of the monies it is and it's important let's uh, yeah, especially for our, in Albion's financial situation at the moment but from a, a supporter perspective it's it's pretty awful isn't it really i mean away games are bad enough but we know about the night games at the Hawthorns, don't we with the, the the trouble around the ground and getting there getting there on time we had one or two, at least one kickoff delay this season didn't we and and that sort of thing and then the away fans never seem to get factored in, do they, when they travel? You know, the what, what have we had? Monday night in Watford. Uh, well, there have been loads, haven't there? Monday night in Watford and you know, Sheffield on the move to the Wednesday, how it was. And there have been absolutely loads. How many Friday nights? You know, Burnley, Blues, and that weren't far. But 
I guess from an Albion perspective, it, it comes with the stature, doesn't it? It comes with the profile of the club, and that's sort of a backhanded compliment, I suppose. Um, that the that the punters and the, the ratings and the views and the EFL Sky bosses must see Albion as, as the attractive proposition to get on the box, regardless of how it's going on the pitch. So, um, fans don't want, and Baggies listening to this will not want a single you know, extra game on the box. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, or, or or you know, fortunately from a financial perspective, I suppose, in a couple of years that could well become. Well, it looks like it will become the reality if Albion is still in the champ. But uh, yeah, <laughs> be nice if this time next year, Johnny, we weren't having to to think about it. Uh, yeah. And yeah, but but we shall see on that one, I guess. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Right, time for an advert. As always, the Baggies broadcast is brought to you in association with the Catlin Toaster Man, one of the best places to go and get your household products, whether it's your kitchen, cordless vacuums, even new sort of surround sound, audio systems. And at the moment, they've got free shipping on a number of products for just a limited time only. That's on selected products. So if you're if you're after anything, you might be able to get a smoothie maker. It's quite nice weather at the moment, isn't it? For a, for a smoothie, call you down. Um, but they've got everything over there. So to so get over there, they've got that free shipping um, offer on selected products, but only for a limited time. Okay, so get yourself over there. Get to catlandtoasterman.co.uk and have a browse at what they've got available. Right. Uh, quiz is back this week. TJ Smithy, me and TJ Smithy met up on Friday. So apologies for any playoff references. It was a playoff quiz. So it was looking back at the times Albion have been in the playoffs right from the 90s all the way to the present day. Um so, yeah, don't want to upset any of you with the outcome that's already happened. There's a bit of chat there, hoping it would happen. It was recorded on Friday. Um, and this is how it got on. TJ Smithy is back. The Albion ENS Baggies Broadcast Quizmaster. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you, Miss? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm ready to quiz. We've been sort of missing each other, haven't we, over the last few yeah, weeks? We've sort been... of busy schedules, bank holidays. Yeah, but finally we've got another bank holiday this week with the King's coronation, but we've managed to fill in a little bit of a fill in a little bit of a gap. So what have you got for me today? Playoff related, I believe. With uh, yes. with well, when this goes out, we'll know if Alvin are in the playoffs or not. So yes, this is recorded. We're recording this on a Friday. The podcast will be out sometime next week. So we don't know at the moment, but we'll see. Alvin have had a few playoff triumphs over the years, so I'm sure you're going to be asking me about them. What a so what have you got for us? So, yeah, it's going to be based off the playoffs that we've had over the past around 20 years, 20 or so years. So, yeah, we're just going to go into a couple of the games and a couple of the questions about the games and we'll go from there. So uh, I'll just work out how many points you've got up for grabs. What I'll do is I'll go through the questions Yeah. so you won't know what you, your score is till the end. I'll do right, it like, okay. like a school exam. Right, OK, right. A bit more so, are we ready? We're ready. Yes, let's go. Let's go. I'm feeling it today. Come on. So, last time West Brom were in the playoffs, they played against Villa. How many minutes were there between Dawson's Dawson and Gale's goal in match standard? So, I'm not on about the distance between both the games. I'm on about in the actual 90 minutes. What, what in terms of minutes? time? Yeah. Right. Um, minutes. 21. 21 minutes. Right, that is the part two to this question is how many minutes difference were there between both red cards in both Ooh. legs? Oh, uh, 33. 
And then your bonus question. Overall, we played four times in that season. What uh, would the scoreline have been after the four games played? Right, right. This is going to take some adding up. So one now. 6-4 to Albion. Okay. So, the twos were stabbing the darks. <laughs> so we're going to move on. So in 2007, West Brom lost in the final to Derby. Mm-hmm. Who scored the only goal of the game? Sean Pearson. Okay. And who captained West Brom in that game? Jonathan Green. No, hold on. Ooh. Who captained West Brom in that game? Who captained West Brom in that game? Paul Rob- I think Paul Robinson. You finished Green on the armband by then. Okay. That's wrong, I think. Yeah. yeah, I'll go with that. You go with that. So, in 2000, West Brom made the playoffs and played against Bolton. In the first game, uh, West Brom drew 2 all before losing 3-2 in the away leg. Who scored both goals in the first leg? Lee Hughes and Jason Roberts. Okay. Confident on that one. Confident on that one. What three teams went up that season? Ooh. Well, the playoffs with Bolton. Um, maybe Preston in the final. Who went up that season? Ooh, that's difficult. That's difficult. Um, Fulham. And who else? Uh, oh, this is difficult. Oh, who went up that city? I'm going to say someone like. I'll give you a clue. Go on. They're currently in the playoff battle. Yeah, and it's Sunderland. Okay. So I was going to say Sunderland before you said that. It's probably wrong now. It's probably one of the others. But So, in the 1992-93 season, West Brom played in the playoff final. What was the score? 3-0. Sorry, I've got bloody window cleaners outside. I'm not sure if you can hear that. <laughs> Bit inconsiderate. Don't know. We're trying to do a okay. quiz in here. There was a red card in the second half. True or false? False. I don't know. I was two years off being born at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Who did West Brom go up with that season? God knows. Uh, you going to drop me a clue on this or what? Um... Or are you feeling nasty? I'll let you guess one and then I'll give you a clue for the second. All right, okay. Who went? I don't. Charlton. For your next one is. I'm wondering how I can give you a clue without, <laughs> without giving, giving it, it away. Right, I'll give you I'll give you one of them as a clue just to yeah. Go put on a then. little uh, wooden spoon into the pot. One of them think they are rivals of West Brom. Oh, that could be a lot of teams after this season. Um, uh, Stoke. Right, so let's go through. I think I've had a bad day there. I've had a bad day there, you know. So, with the the first one, it was last time you played against Villa in the playoffs. How many minutes were there between Gale and Dawson's goals within 90 minutes? 
it was Gale scored in 16 minutes. Yeah. And Dawson scored in 29 minutes. So in total, off. that would have been 10, 11, 12, 13 minutes. Oh, so but did I say 20-something? Did I 20-something? Yeah, 20, 21 minutes, you mm, said. Not far off, not far off. Uh, difference between both red cards. So Brunt got his in the 80th minute. Yeah. And Gale got his in the 88th minute. Did he? Was it that late? Oh, God, yeah. I didn't realise that. I thought it was early in the first half. So oh. it was. Uh, so I was miles away minutes. from that. So for your first two questions, you're on nil point. If you guess the overall score from the four matches between them that season, the first game we drew two all. Yeah. Second game we won two nil. Yeah. Then we lost two one yeah. and then won one nil. So that would have made it six four aggregate. So that was one point. One point. Yeah. Well, I can do me sums on that one, no problem. In so the bag. We end up going on to the Derby game, and the goal scorer was Pearson, so that is two out of four. And who captured us from that game? Everyone would have thought it was Greening, but you got it right in Paul Robinson. Was it Robinson? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think he couldn't get the captaincy till the season after. Oh, that's, that's a good steal, that is. Three, I'll take that, three for five. Yeah. Take that. So I think that is one, two, three. Three, yeah. Three. three points, yeah. Don't uh, worry, I'm counting. Yeah, five. You're counting. So in the two all uh, draw, it was Robinson and Hughes. So that is four points. And the three teams that went up that season was obviously Bolton, Fulham, and it was Blackburn. Oh, yeah, Blackburn, yeah. So it was uh, no points from that one. No point. I should be getting two out of three there. <laughs> this is shocking. Shocking. Yeah, don't expect much from the last ones either. So from that, we go on to the next round, uh, which was the player final. Oh, I got the score right. Port Vale, which was 3-0, which you yeah. got that. So that is yeah. five. And uh, was there a red card in the second half, true or false? It was actually the first half. Oh, so I did get that right. I said false, didn't I? Yeah. So is that that six points or five? Six points. Six Six points. points, Is that now? And then it was who did West Brom go up with that season? It was Stoke and Bolton. Bolton? Was it Bolton? I see that's a stab in the dark. I'll take that. What's that? Six from ten? Six from ten? Six six from twelve? One, two, three, four... Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Six ten. ten. Take that. Above average. Above half. I'll take that. Tough quiz, that. Tough quiz. Right, we'll be back uh, in one of the last episodes. Well, hopefully not one of the last ones. Hopefully. Well, we don't know. You might, Albion fans might be listening to this thinking what's on about right at the playoff race, but we'll have to wait and see. TJ Smithy, thanks for your time, pal. No worries. Make it easier next time, won't you? Yeah, indeed. It will be <laughs> even harder. There we go, tough one. Me and Coxie are going to be recording a number of head-to-heads in the, the next few weeks. I know he'll have his head in books and, and swatting up oh, ahead, of a, ahead, of a, ahead of a few head-to-heads. They're going to be sort of banked up and recorded for uh, for uh, the next season. Um, but there you go, that's the... Uh, the f- Just what the listeners needed, Johnny, a playoff special. 
Yeah, just I apologize, apologize for that. It was uh, we hoping it was going to go well. I didn't make the questions. Blame TJ Smithy um, if he's listening. Uh, right, time for questions. We've got loads of questions. A lot of them covering sort of similar points. Uh, so we'll take our time going through them. Um, we've got Endo the Wonder Dog, who's got in with a question. Thanks for your uh, your question. Here's one: um, Who do we offload? What sort of players do we target? Uh, money seems irrelevant. BTA has been my favourite this year, and we paid peanuts for him. Um, big question. That on this one, we'll focus on. On the, on the offloading um, type of uh, or part of the question, because I know we've got other questions about players to target. Coxie, it's a difficult one to know, isn't it? Obviously, there's players that are out of contract, the likes of Jake Livermore are going, you know, questions still remain on Eric Peters, whether he'll get a new deal. Uh, I think Keen Bryan's out of contract, so they'll obviously go, but... Rogic as well. Rogic as well, you know, hasn't covered himself in glory, but it's difficult to know, isn't it? Albion, you know, we're told might need to sell. Um well, do or do know, need to sell, um, but it's who would pay for these players, I suppose, or who would pay for the players that you want to offload. You know, obviously, Carlos Scorbrand's yeah. going to want to keep his better players. They're the ones who are going to attract more money. Um, Again, that's still, the kind of things we will you know, look to be asking clearly. Yeah. Um, as, as you touched on there, Johnny, they, they break into segments almost, don't they? Um, you know, obviously, just on the out contract front. I'd expect, you know, we know about Jake and um, and Key and Brian and, and Rogic. Really, I, I'd expect them to go. I'd be surprised if otherwise on those three. Eric Peters, yeah, question mark there. I, I would say um, I could see a world where he stays, and I could see a world where he goes. I think it's possibly dependent on what what maybe Peters is willing to take. I can see him as being a useful option, but then in Albin's situation, perhaps they have to move on what they can. Um, so you, you got you got the sort of out of contract senior players and some academy um, obviously graduates there who are out of contract. But then it it sort of you, you've got other crops, haven't you? You've got you've got sort of your I was going to say useful squad options. You know your, your players who have been largely on the bench this season, but played yeah a reasonable amount of games and sort of the regular substitutes from from memory off the top of my head. You know maybe you. Got Gordon Hickman's, perhaps Adam Reach. Um, again, but the, the, these players are in different categories, aren't they? Gordon Hickman's a young player on coming up. Reach is is clearly in a different category. And then from that, yeah, Ajay's another one of those, isn't he? Although he was in the starting lineup more recently. And then from that, you have your your regulars, your sort of your your key men, I suppose. Who, you know, clearly Carlos Colbran will wanna wanna keep hold of the most of it. We, you know, we we need to see whether the head coach will have his hand forced in that regard and have to listen to to the um, to the key assets. Really, I've said a few times, haven't I, that if Albin can make it work in an ideal world, then great. But yeah, you know, we we don't really live in an ideal world, do we? And and we'll see. But some of the and, and there is also, and we wrote on this today, didn't we? You can read this online or in the paper. Your 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 Kipras, your your Alex Moets. You know, I suppose Martin Kelly as well, players who've been out on loan, but certainly in the in terms of Kipra and Mowat, they fall within a, a category of a, of a few players who are um, out of contract in 12 months' time, actually. Um, Reach, who I've just mentioned, is is another. Um, who else have we got? We've got Chalabar within there, 18 months left on his deal. Kyle Bartley, of course, who triggered another year. Matty Phillips as well. Now, we, we, we know about Phillips's injury, obviously, um, and, and we know he he'd become a bit of a key player. Now, Phillips aside, really, but I suppose on the others, 
it's one of those, isn't it? Most of that list, most of that list, with Albin in the situation where they need to sell, I, I, I would imagine that most of that list that Albin would be open to offers for. And because they've only got 12 months left, I, I would suggest most of those wouldn't command much of a fee. Now, I, I don't see a world where Bartley or, or Phillips are bought and move on, really. And, and, I, and to be honest, I see both of those playing a, a fair role next season. You know, we've seen what Phillips can do under the head coach. We've seen what, what Bartley can do to a point. But the others, um, yeah, the loans, Kipra and Moet, you know, they, they've done well enough, haven't they? Certainly Kipra. I see, yeah, see a world where Cardiff are interested in him. Again, what, what can they afford to pay? What do Albion want? Are, are Albion, you know, you would say because of the situation the club are in, they're, they're almost willing to to be open to not any offers, not to be absolutely ripped off, but but to to move where they can, to work where they can. On a side so, point for that, Coxie, you know, Albion's, Albion's plight and situation has become more and more known within the game, you know, through the media. But yeah, yeah. clubs clubs will be very well aware of Alvin's need to sell. Is that a case that it'll drive the price of some of these players well, down? Quite possibly, John, yeah. really. Um, you know, they know that Alvin are desperate for cash. Yeah, without being involved with deals. But, you know, on the flip side, Albion need to, need to trim the squad, don't they? They need to raise funds, yes, but sort the, the wage structure out. And, you know, if they can move these players on where they can, these players that... It's it's a much better situation, isn't it, to to move the players on now, you know, get some cash in and get them off the bill if they're not part of Corban's thoughts, especially, which certainly I can't see all of the players with name being. If they can move them on now rather than them taking up a wage for another twelve months and and not being involved or going out on a loan that doesn't help many others. Um I know we'll get on to uh we'll get on to Carl and Grant, won't we? And he's sort of fits into that that mould of he's been a squad player, played a little bit, come off the bench a little bit, and you know he's been mentioned in one or two rumours, and they is a perfect example, isn't he, of a player that, yes, he's played lately, but only because of a real injury crisis, and a player that would drive interest, obviously, have we seen, a player that would, Albin would you know, very happily look to listen to offers to and move on. We saw that in January when he nearly left on loan to Swansea, and yes, he's someone that might might attract a bit of a fee, but obviously we know the implications with that, with the fact that Albin haven't finished paying the uh, the 15 million fee from from Huddersfield from three years ago, as that was paid in yearly instalments, paid about half of that. So there's there's work to be worked on that one. You know, are, are another are a buying club look? Will they look to take that on, or can they afford that, or will Huddersfield look to work with that, or will Albin just end up having to send someone like Grant out on a loan so someone else can take on most of the wages for this season and then maybe an option to buy. Maybe that might be the way to go with someone like him. Um, and then we got on to the, you know, there's half a dozen, isn't there, probably, Johnny? Um, players who baggage fans wouldn't wouldn't want to see move on. However, I think every fan understands the situation that if that push comes to shove, then, then so be it, uh, I guess. But... But but you know also the question is as as you rightly posed who 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 is out there what what money's in the championship for this to happen um, perhaps relegated Premier League teams perhaps you know 
I'm not saying that there definitely aren't championship clubs who have budgets to spend on players. There are, but it's not it's not vast. It's not going to be vast sums, is it? Clearly. And uh, yeah, w- would any of this squad command interest from the Premier League? I, I dare say one or two. One or one two. Or, one or two that have good, yeah, that have good ages. Um, and might see as you know players with high ceilings for the future and and long careers ahead of them and. Yeah, but we, you know, we don't we don't want to speculate on that situation because that's that's something that would be a worst case scenario, really. Um, however, if look, if if Carlos Corman has to look to um, field one or two of those out, he'll weigh up perhaps which players are yeah. uh, which which of those key players are least in his plans. Who are the more saleable assets? Who you know might not be guaranteed starters or or he might have, look he has a list of his targets that won't need players he he knows he might be able to get on a decent loan or be, be able to move for for uh, good good wages on a free perhaps and he'll be able to weigh that up oh I've got X in mind to bring in who's a top winger or a centre half and you know that that might mean I can listen to an offer for Grady or an offer yeah. for yes you know, somebody else but yeah, yeah, it's uh, we all know what the ideal is, and that's and that's working to, you know, the the, the players are mentioned who've got another year left or or others. It's it's those as well. They'll, they'll be on healthy money at Albion, won't they? So they're well within their rights to sit it out for another twelve months. Of course they are. Yeah. Um, then on the flip side, from their career perspective, do they want another? You know, do they want twelve months of no, no footy, which is sending them nowhere, sending them backwards, and meaning that whatever their next move is, it's possibly a much worse one than, than maybe a move this summer. You know, if you're, if you're Kipper or Mowat, you might, you know, you fancy getting a champ move in the here and now, I would, I would say, or maybe in Mowat's case, top end of league one, but 12 months down the line where, you know, no football, where do they, where do they see themselves? And and there are others in this situation. Each, each player is a bit of a, there's different context to each player, aren't there? Let's be honest. And, and we got, you know, we haven't got the time yet to go through every single one. Um, you know, David Button is a name I didn't mention in any of that. He's also up in twelve months. There's there's um, there's work to do, and and there's an ideal situation, and hopefully that can be that can be reached. But it's it's going to be hard work for for certainly um, for Carlos. He's he's sort of scouting team, and and obviously Ron Gourlay and Ian Pierce on the other side of it, who will be very busy in their uh, in their personal meetings in the weeks to come. Right, man. Bag of cans. Cox, he's answered that. All your questions in one go there, so we're not going to. Ask, oh, ask apologies. Them. Well, yeah, that, well, you know, <laughs> you've I'm covered just... a good proportion of them anyway, Coxie, with that thorough, thorough answer. Um, so it's 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 helped us really. Uh, Alan Love's got another question. Um, now we know our fate. Get out your crystal ball and predict where we'll be by the end of the year. My prediction is administration. Alan, that's a bit heavy for a for a Thursday morning. Um, or at best, mid-table with a vastly depleted squad. But some of our youngsters making progress in the first team now. Out of the two, I would I would hope it would be the latter, um, or better than the latter. But of your options, the latter. I imagine that's probably close to it, Coxie. In terms of when we talk about administration, you know, we've we've heard them names banded about by support. Oh, that word banded about by supporters. Um, but I suppose I can't see that being a case of this summer. No, no, I think I think that. If we're well, in this position, season, if we're in this position in 12 months, Johnny, having the same conversation, and Albion have finished wherever they've finished and missed out 
on the top six or whatever. Um, perhaps the picture changes. You know, we know <laughs> we know one loan of twenty millions had to be taken out in the new year to to make up for the parachutes, make up for the unreturned loan, and to get to to help see Albion through um, reserves and stuff and. You know, we know wheeling and dealing and player sales is being relied on this summer in terms of rebuild to go again. But um, yeah, it, it goes about saying with interest, you know, with interest and re repayments, you you can't continue down that path, can you? With any any without any other form of investment, it's a bit of a spiraling path. So yeah, um, if we're having this question posed to us twelve months down the line, um, I'd fear worse. However, retain some optimism of the head coach and how he can work and what he can do and what he could do with more of his own players and with a preseason under his uh, under his belt. So, yeah, I, I'm going to try and be optimistic and encouraged on that perspective on that um, on that question. And it was was it by the end of the year? Was it so? Um, yeah, by the end, by the end yeah. of uh, by, by December, end of the year, yeah, you know, in with with you know, with a much better start than the last season. And yes, it's difficult to say because we don't know how this summer's going to play out, but I'm going to say I've been have they've got themselves in the mix and uh, uh, are in and around it, as to coin a, to coin a phrase we like on this pod, mm, yeah. Uh, David DK or DK39, um, given the lack of funds and the origins of our coaching team. Do you think Carlos Corbran will turn to overseas players for his squad? As much as our acquisitions have been patchy recently, we have had some gems from abroad. OK, Pereira, Kravinovic, Gazi, Rondon. Um, good question. I, I'd say on a, a couple of them names, probably anomalies, because I've been paid good money for them, which they're probably not going to do now. Well, they're definitely not going to do now. Um, do you think this could be a possibility? Coxie, we know, you know we'll talk more about Alvin's recruitment strategy over the last few years, but it's going to be different going into this summer. Um, Corbyn, I'm sure, will have a vast knowledge of foreign markets. Um, can we expect him to maybe try and go and pluck some gems from abroad? Do you know what? It's it's a good question. It's one I've been sort of mulling myself, actually. And I do think so, actually. And not basing that on too much, Johnny. However, you know, the, the head coach's grasp and knowledge of certainly the, um, the continent, mainland Europe, will be absolutely vast it, it will and not just the albion players mentioned yes you you've rightly said johnny obviously came in for big money but we've looked on with frustration haven't we as, as other clubs have have attracted and, and bought in gems for for very modest fees really for hundreds of, of thousands um it's doable isn't it it can work yes it can backfire but it, it's it's doable and in my book in my view walcott while Corbran has that that you know vast knowledge of of the market, why not take advantage of it? Now we haven't been told otherwise that it that it won't happen. And again, it's something for us to ask when we get the opportunity. Um, but I, I can see the head coach being attracted by better value elsewhere, and I think it goes hand in hand with his knowledge. And I'd be a little disappointed if it didn't happen. To be honest, I don't, I'd under Bruce. Obviously, at the start of, of my tenure in this role, it was asked and it felt less on the agenda, less on the radar. And that's it, it's being simplistic to say so, but and this isn't against Bruce, 
he's just just because he's it's just a fact because he's he's from here and he's British and not that he had the knowledge but he he doesn't have that natural knowledge of the market over there and and players that Carlos would have either worked with or played against or seen or been told about from wherever you know Spain Greece worked in Cyprus hasn't he um, you know other areas of mainland Europe I think it, it's it's promising and bodes well. I don't expect Albion to obviously go and spend a couple of million quid on a star from Spain or anything because I don't see that's feasible in the current landscape. But free options, you know, players on modest, modest fees. It's in my book, it's it's doable and it's something they you know need to explore. That's that's my opinion, um, and I can see it. It, however, I can also see the other side and. Carlos working to the the domestic market and and players who have who have caught his eye ho- over here you know players out of contract over here we we know a few don't we who are attractive prospects and and I, I'd like to think even with with Ian Pierce's contacts and certainly his you know his knowledge of EFL and further down the ranks you know, Brandon Thomas Asante is an example he's a bit of a niche example because. We know he came around sort of via Bruce, don't we really? Um, however, what it has done is opened sort of eyes to, I would say, quality further down the pyramid. Not that eyes were closed to that, but, you know, almost to not be sort of not not rule out that market. You know, what did he cost at a few hundred grand? There are players down there ready to be tapped into. And I think when your finances demand that kind of thing, I think you have to um, you have to look at it. You know, League One as well. There are no players out of contract or players who have twelve months left who need to move on to better their careers. And Albion will have to look there. Um, yeah. yeah, you don't want to be filling your squad full of full of uh, full of that that level. But yeah, it certainly can be beefed up and patched up with those kind of players. But yeah, on on, on the continent front, I think it's a I think it's a market Albion needs to tap into. And you know, now they've got someone who's going to have a vast expertise of it. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bryn Moore's got in touch with another recruitment question. Um, how much sway, or sorry, how much say slash sway will Carlos Corbin have over recruitment? His hoping it's quite a lot given the recent results of those previously responsible. Um, P.S. Thanks for all your hard work this season. Hope you have a good, happier ending in a year's time. Um, P.S. How was the stag? Um, <laughs> Coxie, uh, do we know how much sway you'd like to say, you'd like to think? You know. Corbrand will be in a position where he gets the final say on signings. Yeah. It's, it's never really been an issue with Albion in the last couple of years, but um, given the model they've got, model, well, yeah, given the model they've got, it's never been a question that's been raised. So I imagine Corbrand will have the final say on, on signing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. At, at the moment, um, and that's just reminded me, actually, Johnny, in terms of um, models, yeah, technical football board, That that was a... That was very much on the radar on the agenda, wasn't it? Twelve sort of twelve months ago, and then we've had a change in management. It was something we were obviously able to ask Ron back in Jan, but will be something else on the agenda to see if and where the plans are at regards Albion and building a, you know, amending the football board and looking to bring someone in a different type of role. We know people were sounded out and looking to come in before there was illness in one or two cases and things like that. So we need to see where that's at. And whether it is imminent, and obviously that would that would make a 
you know, have an effect, sorry, on, on recruitment. But as it is at the moment, you know, it, it's very much a team of Carlos as head coach, um, obviously head of recruitment, Ian Pierce, who will have his team uh, out, and, out and about doing work, doing scouting, and, and obviously Ron Gourlay um, in charge of the football affairs. So they're a tight group. They have a good relationship. Um, I don't see a world where I don't see a world where either of, of, of Ron and, and Ian Pierce over have have sway over Corbran. Obviously, Ron, you know, will you know, from Lyon Ken will have the info on the the figures, the budget, and the numbers, and and he will let obviously let the head coach know that, and then they work they have to work within the boundaries, don't they? And work within their means. But from the football perspective, um, I think Carlos Corbran and, and Ian Pierce will obviously work closely on that and bring their opinions and see how that goes. But no, I, I, yeah, at the minute, Albin's model is that the book stops with the head coach, isn't it, in terms of football decisions, as long as it fits the <laughs> fits what can be spent. Just start on Pierce, we'll go straight into to Pierce. Richard Downing's got in touch with a question. Ian Pierce aside, do we actually have a team of scouts to fulfil a recruitment department? Other championship clubs seem to be more inventive with their recruitment since the days of Dan Ashworth, the whole recruitment structure of the club seems to have gone out of the window. Do we, do we know that there's a network of, of scouts? You know, we know Ron Gawley said in a state, I think it was in a statement or, or, or I think there were minutes, I think, from a from an Albion Assembly meeting last season or maybe last summer that Albion had or put or were putting in place a, a, a scouting network overseas or in the it's a good No, it's, um, it's a good question, Rich, actually. And it's, it's something that will be checked actually and and to see how you know how under under Ian Pierce and and perhaps under Carlos Corran as well with with his analysts how that dynamic is and how many people there are on the ground doing the footwork doing the the Tuesday night work to watch games and stuff like that because when it comes to the head of recruitments or yeah I don't, I don't know technical directors or directors of football or any anything like that it's not a one-man band. In in my experience, and I'm not. And this isn't speaking for for Albion, but it's not a one-man band. It's you know they they have their trusted allies, army of people, and they're not necessarily club employees, you know, per se. They're just trusted allies um, who go out and and watch the games, do the scouting, do the, the contact stuff. Yeah, it's it, it's not. You know, if it was all on Ian Pierce, you, you, one-man band, you, you'd never sleep, would you? It's it's a it's a thankless task for one person. So. Particularly at this level of club, you know this this scale of club clubs I've covered before um, have had, I'd say not not quite an army, but you know scouting representatives in different parts of the country, you know perhaps on the continent, and certainly with a continental manager like Carlos Corbran, you know I struggle to see Carlos not having you know, people contacts overseas who he's getting out to look at games. But in terms of an official role, it's something. We'll check out and something we'll look to get more detail on from Ron Gourlay, actually, as you say, Johnny mentioned in minutes before. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be good to be able to firm that up and and obviously relay what the you know exactly how the structure is really and how that works because I realise it's it's of interest. Um, obviously, the you know as head of recruitment, the book the book stops with Ian Pierce, doesn't he? And he's in charge of those decisions, and it's it's he and, and Carlos Corbran who who carry the can. Obviously, if the recruitment isn't good enough, it lands with with Corbran and Ian Pierce, doesn't it? And and likewise, if it is good, they get the success from it. And um, but they will have a team. In in you know, to my knowledge and experience, they will have people um, 
supplying information and, and in contact and doing the dirty work as it was. Yeah. Uh, ben Cotty with another question, really good one this is as well. Um, we're going to be relying on decent loans next season. Do you trust the recruitment department, given that our loan signs have been pretty non-existent the last few seasons? It's an interesting point, not really the trust yeah. element, Ben, but Albion, you know, the last time Albion went up to the Premier League, they used the loan market very well. Philip Kravinovich had a good season. Matthias Pereira was unbelievable. Grady Diangano was very good. <laughs> Last season, uh, sorry, the the season under Valerian Ishmael, Albin only signed, um, I'm just looking now, is it two or three players on loan? Um, so they got three players on loan, only two in the summer, um, Jordan Hugel, who didn't didn't go well. Matt Clark was a very good loan signer, and they were fought, the hand was forced on. Uh, well, no, sorry, it wasn't a, sorry, Andy Carroll wasn't a loan signer, it was a free agent. Um, so only two, low, three loan signings with Jason Malumbi, there was an option on that as well. Um, he didn't have the best of first seasons, but obviously he's gone on to do really well. But last season, Alvin didn't make a loan sign until January. It, they've got to go, it's an area they're going to have to use this time, yeah. given the finances. They're going to have to heavily use the loan marker. Now, I think you can, you're only allowed to, I think you think it's five loan players in a matchday squad in the EFL, um, I believe. So they're going right, yeah. to gonna have to use it really well. They're not going to be at the top table for getting Premier League cast-offs or loans down now, given, you know, probably look at the, the teams that are going to come down, the likes of Southampton, Leeds, Everton, you know, Leicester are in there as well, big clubs. And there are but still big clubs. still can be in that conversation, John. It's still be in the conversation, but they're going to have to use the loan market yeah. better. They're going to have to, because they haven't in the last couple of years. Albion have always traditionally done quite well in the loan market, even back to the days of, you know, I know we're talking different calibre of a player, but Romelu Lukaku being able to attract that type mm. of player there. Now, Albion aren't as big a pull now as they once were then. You know, and I'm sure clubs loaning their youngsters out might look at Albion and go, doesn't look great at Albion, but they've got a good coach and, you know, exactly that. On that side of things, they're in a good oh, position. So, yeah, yeah. But they're going to have to utilise it more. Albion are going to have to go and get maybe three, four, maybe five loan players this season. Yeah, thinking off um, top of my head, comparing it to this this time last year, and obviously I, I, you know, I wasn't in post, but the, the, the likes of Wallace and Swift, the moves for those, Free agents, yes, but you know, clearly hefty wages, um, which is fair enough. Top top players for the level, weren't they? So, certainly historically, and have done pretty well this season between them. Um, they were they, they were big signs, weren't they? In, in terms of profile, in terms of finances, even though they were free, they they cost. And you look at the the wage budget. I'm sure yeah, it, it would have taken a dent, wouldn't it? It would have taken a hit with them. And you wonder if. That was a Bruce strategy, you know, looking at it, thinking we can go not all in, but we can go in heavy and get these uh, our own players, uh, the best, the best threes around in the division this time last year, realistically. And but, however, it may it may impact other areas. And and I, I was wondering, perhaps that's why the loans didn't. Now, perhaps it was Bruce's choice option. Perhaps it was you know a, a collective with Ian Pierce as well that you know they would lean towards that way in terms of the freeze rather than rely on the loans for another season uh, and that's not to say they didn't try for loans last summer wasn't it, it was um jalap was one wasn't it from from man city and eventually keenan davis i remember um archer cameron archer at villa is also always sort of mooted isn't he um regularly with albion so not to say they didn't try um, and then, as we know, Jan January came about and, and, and we finally had one with, with Mark Brighton. Um, however, even that, not saying that was forced, but even that came off, off the back Late. of uh, the Matty Phillips news, didn't it? No, that's a good point, Coxie, in the current, you know, 
the current picture will be sorted. Look down relied on a bit of a fun question here now from Alex Baggy's out. Um and he said more of a fun question. And the depressing ones we're all thinking best slash worst away day this season from a journalistic point of view. Um, for you guys. So there was nothing to do with the result, um, but stuff like facilities, food, getting there, and enjoyable day out. Christ. I like it. These are the type of questions I like. It'll let you do all the complicated stuff and the stuff that you're in the know about. And these are like, these are mine. We've got another one in a while, which is like this. But Poxie, I think we can both agree on worst. Yes, I I'll think. Never, I'll really never good. not slam this ground. I'm, I think I'm pretty confident in knowing where you're going with this, Johnny. Yes. Cool. Um, uh, our, uh, our dear friends down at Kenilworth, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Rooting yeah. for them in the playoffs to get them out of the championship. <laughs> yeah. Let them become the Premier League's problem. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let Man United go that, down there. That, that day was top top. Ironically, it was really good in the end because it was a brilliant away. Your comeback victory, wasn't it? But yeah. everything other than the sort of limbs beyond the goal and the actual result which was a great one was not saying a disaster but it's just hard going wasn't it top topped off johnny from memory of us getting you know one, one of these sort of comedy sketches as you're walking along the road obviously it was piddling it down wasn't it wasn't it's topped off though it was before the game so i had to well, sit yeah. watching the game with wet jeans started in a bad note where yeah. a car purposely our lad goes through the biggest puddle you've ever seen and drenches us so you know some sort of comedy sketch victim i felt like we were then uh, yeah. we were absolutely soaked weren't we in like muddy yeah. water it was uh yeah not fun not fun that yeah, yeah. luton's right down near the bottom what's Wait, the best one have... for you what's the best oh, one i was for just you? gonna quickly look at the championship table to see oh, which, just other, the same, yeah. which other i didn't enjoy um best I like, as we've discussed many a time i, I do enjoy going to new places johnny I, I really um i was quite fond of watford that's an impression, you know, good, good scene, good behind the scenes. Good scram that day as well. Very, very good scram. Beef Jar Frazier, if I remember yeah, right. Beef Jar Frazier, yeah. And um, having not been in Vicarage Road before, it was bigger than expected and sort of better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a good shape. That's gone into my top three now, I think. Yeah. Burnley was, I'm not flat, I'm not highlighting Burnley as being good, but Turf Moor was also bigger than the telly always um, gives the impression. Where else did we enjoy going? I quite enjoyed Bur- I quite enjoyed Burnley because I managed to blag my way onto the official car park that yes, you did. reporters yeah. for Burnley who've been there for twenty years have never managed to do. Um, so however, <laughs> however, it was it's a fair walk, isn't it, from the press box to the um, to the, the the small only a small media. It is, and I was made to sprint all the way around the ground to go and speak to Alvin fans that night as well. Rotherham's Rotherham's nice, isn't it? Do you know um, what, mate? Rotherham is joint top for me. Rotherham well, that, is joint yeah, top. It, yeah, it's 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 a good ground. I mean, it was a disaster of a day on the pitch, wasn't it? But in the, the only thing that counts against Rotherham, and this isn't their fault really, you know, as a, as a smaller club for the division, but it's it's a it's a small media room, isn't it? It's a bit pokey in yeah. there. Yeah, um, but for Rotherham, parking, the journey, the welcome, the welcome at Rotherham was tremendous. It was like I actually sent an yeah. email to the press guy at Rotherham to say how good it was. Um, and like the press box, great facilities for me. Rotherham and Swat and Swansea is rivaling it the other day. I have to say, oh, Swan, you, you, sw- you, st- sticking you're with my because I still haven't been. <laughs> no, Swansea parking was good. The only thing, the drive is nice, but not when it's misty and driving down in rain and you're driving over mountains. Um, well, it was food, down the road for you, John. Yeah, I know. Yeah, food was good, facilities were good, the welcome was great. 
What so food Swan, was it? I haven't asked you this. Lasagna, mate. Lasagna. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah Half time samosas, of which I, I think most people had one. I certainly didn't have one. I'm going to have a shout out to Preston. Excellent pre match food at Preston. And I think you could go up, couldn't you, as uh, yeah. as, as often as you wanted? Perhaps. Preston was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hall's food was good. Yeah. Um, do you know what? A massive shout out to to the Hawthorns as well. The the media team, how how we're always sort of welcomed and looked after, and and obviously the you know the, the catering staff there, who who really look after the media, which is which is very nice. Stoke yeah. was, Stoke Stoke's a good one to go to, isn't it? It's, it's Cox. He's just going to work his way through the the, the championship table now. Um, no, no, yeah. Everyone not mentioned. <laughs> it's like everyone not mentioned is no no good basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll move on to a. We'll move on to a. I can. I can just see. I know there's a few fans who don't like these types of questions. Just sort of scrunching their faces up at their, at their uh, their computer screens at the moment, screaming for us to get onto a, a football related question. But it's a good question. We do enjoy them ones. Thank you very much for that. Bag is Sunil Patel's got in touch with with a question which I'm not going to answer this week, but I am going to read it out. Um, if you could give percentages to the reason we missed out on the playoffs. Um, how would you do it? Bruce, Button, injuries, uh, Gourlay, Lie, players, Corbran, a failure pie chart, if you like. Sunil, this is exactly what we're going to be doing on next week's um, episode. Um, so we've already done nearly enough an hour now. We've got loads of questions left. So I'm going to save that one for next week, but I'll be certainly drawing a little mini pie chart um, <laughs> for that one. So thank you very much for your questions. Um, Suraj Chowan, another regular listener. Um, he's got in touch with a question about sort the foreign market, which we've talked about, um, but he's got in touch with another one saying, "What is a realistic value for the first teamers who are?" Um, it says Mott, but I'm guessing not leaving on a free. And which three are most likely to move on? Uh, let, let's flip it and and say who are Alvin's most three saleable assets. Um, are, are you talking in terms of um, the players who will draw the demand the most? Um, yeah, or really. You... Or the, just anyone, the three most admired Albion players who would who would bring the most value. So Albion's okay. best players, really, in terms of the market. I'd, for me, one would be Dar O'Shea. If Albion yeah. are going to get money for a player, they'll probably get well, the most for someone like down, I think I've just I've just scribbled down three names, and it'll be interesting to see if you go with the same three. Yeah. Um, go on, you say your three. Well, yeah, so I scribbled down Dara. Um, Okai, and I actually it might be left field, but Josh Griffiths, perhaps. yeah, Griffiths Palmer, you know, would probably be one. Okai would be one you consider his age is probably against him, but I've said before, Okai is someone I could see a low end Premier League club coming in for. Um, but you know, yeah, five, with Okai, there's, the, there's, there's also the European market, isn't there? Because, yeah, because he's, he's known out there. It'll be interesting. Beyond that, it's difficult to say. You know, the next question I'm going to move on to now is, is from Mark Davis. Rumours of Powell and Grant being available for sale. Who else could you be seeking sold? Just on Grant, Lewis. What do we? The, the, I know there was some the rumour mill yeah. circulating yesterday about Rangers and a, a few Championship clubs. Obviously, had the Swansea interest in January. Um, thin in it uh, so, so far as we know. He, uh, you know, it, it, it's no secret. I, I wrote this again this morning in our newsletter. Those that have subscribed can see that can see that look, in Albion's position they have to, players who they have to be open and listen to these these approaches and offers and they'll do what they can so, you know Carl Grant's not a first team regular is he when everyone's fit and available 
um, you can see he was obviously on the verge of moving out in January, which which says everything really. And and that was and that was after Phillips's injury as well, wasn't it? So yes, he was required late on, and he did okay. But I can see why clubs want clubs are interested in in Grant and would would have an interest because he'll score a goal, won't he? And yeah, you know, limit limitations. You know, maybe he's all round game, and that's not me wanting to speak against him and just speaking mm. as I see it and, and I know others do as well but the, 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 we, we spoke earlier didn't we about the issue with with Grant and if, if it weren't for the, the payment structure with Huddersfield it'd be it'd be a more straightforward thing wouldn't it it'd be you know he's contracted to what 26 and Arvin should be in a good position for some some return however having only paid out half of that it's 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 one of those isn't it it's getting somebody else to take it on and um, it's not that Albion are going to make money from him, really. They're just going to be able to cancel that deal if they can. And and obviously the benefit of getting what would be a fair earner off the wage bill in terms of Grant, but he's, he's not in the first team picture, is he? We're not going to go into next season with Grant in the starting lineup. Uh, if he's still at club, he may be on the bench, maybe. But I, I could I could see a, a loan. It's not ideal, but again, it's sort of saves him sort of having to kick his heels really uh, yeah. a player who's not directly in the plans and it would it would help on the on the wage side of things however if Albion can you know and and then if he does have a loan and you know he's has a decent time of it gets a dozen 15 goals and and there's some sort of option to to buy clause for a you know, fixed amount a certain amount then that works out well 12 months down the line doesn't it um a much better situation than him having to yeah. stay around so yeah, they'll be admirers, won't they, for Grant? Absolutely. Um, yeah. can still score a goal in this level. I, I see clubs middle or lower in in the championship looking looking to take a point. Interesting to see Rangers mentioned. Actually, um, I thought they may look above and beyond that, but again, perhaps they perhaps they see the scoring record and see something they can work with. Um, we've seen other players this you know this side of the border go up there and, and do well, haven't we? So perhaps they see that and they see that he's only twenty five with. With, with you know they would you know they would say several good years ahead of him but I thought you you probably think he'd do quite well in Scotland Lewis considering your attitude to Scottish football no that's 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 totally <laughs> unfair that's totally unfair yeah. absolute well, I, slander I, I've not I've not got a problem at all with Scotland <laughs> Rangers and Celtic are top side no I, I haven't I haven't I yeah I know what you're getting at there, Johnny, but that's that's for another episode. We'll touch on that in a, in a couple of questions time because we've actually got Will a question we? about Tom Rock. Um, but Carl Burkett with the next question. Uh, we've only got a few left to read out. Um, it'll be a bit of a, a longer episode today. Um, Carl Burkett, is it a matter of do or die in regards to getting a last shot of promotion in 23-24 before the money completely dries up, meaning we go with the squad we have now and try again? Or do we go with a blend of youth as well, ready for the possibility of a very youthful team in 2024-25. It's an interesting question, Carl. You know, yeah. is one you don't, you don't, I suppose you don't know the answer to this, Coxie, until you sit down with Gourlay. And I, I can't imagine he will say this season is do or die, even though it will be, again, very important. Um, yeah. Because they've got that money to plug the parachute payments this year when that runs out. You know, Obviously, by next year, Albion will have a few more players off the wage bill, off the wage bill when they were previously on Premier League money or on good money. Um, it's a difficult one to know, isn't it? On the youth side of things, you know, you've put a story out this morning about um, 
youth players are going to have the chance to sort of impress in pre-season. I imagine we're probably going to see a few of them next year. Um, yeah, I think, well, it, I'm glad we had that question from Carl, actually, because in, in terms of your, your Caleb Taylors of this world, maybe even, you know, Zach Ashworth as well, who definitely deserves a mention with what he's done at Burton in League One, second half of this season. Now, it, it's impossible to ignore Taylor, isn't it? Rave reviews, 20-year-old, you know, we're not talking a 17, 18-year-old. He's a you know, decent age now in terms of maturity. Played just shy of 50 games this season, 50 senior games. So that is superb experience for him, actually. And um, in Albin's situation, dare I say, it just it looks to me like a bit of a no-brainer that he should be and could be a usable squad option. Yeah, if, if you can work a deal to move somebody on, for some sort of financial gain or to get off the wage bill. If you think and analyse, and that's what Carlos Corbin and his staff will be doing now, that Caleb Taylor can be a, a squad player and be on the bench and maybe even come in when required, certainly play cup games, come off the bench, then then you're cutting the cloth, aren't you? You're saving money by allowing another senior player to move on in his place. So, look, that in terms of Caleb's development, to be on the bench for a lot of next season for Albion, maybe he's not the, the best, is he? If, if you're talking about Caleb's development, you send him on loan, I suppose, to a top-end League One club, who, you know, the, those top-end League One clubs will be wanting to take him after what he's done at Cheltenham and give him another 40-odd games. But from Albion's perspective in the current financial mark, you know, finance situation, I, 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 it makes sense to me with a very limited business head on, but we're, you know, from the football side of things, to, to keep him around and, and progress him yourselves. And look, we've seen with Carlos Corbin, haven't we, the way he brought back Griffiths to keep them around, to look at them with his own eyes. And he certainly will be doing that over pre-season. Mm. So perhaps it's Caleb Taylor's, you know, not shirt to grab in the summer, but if he can you know, have an impeccable pre-season and really you know, put himself right in the squad, you know, to be in the 18 on the opening day, you'd say. Ashworth, perhaps, it's, it's an interesting one with him, isn't it, as a left-back, because Albin have one on the books in terms of Townsend, but we envisage, don't we, the fullback department, both left and right, as one to be looked at. There haven't been enough fullbacks through the door, have there, to provide any sort of competition, really, um, on both sides for Furlong as well. So I'd imagine that's where you know, Corran's pressing on contacts and looking at looking at targets, really. Um, not to say that both will come in as first choice, but certainly with that in mind, to push them or to, to try and overtake them. I think Townsend had a pretty good end to the season and a sort of not a bad season overall, really. Uh, but it's 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 areas that need strengthening badly, isn't it? And, and anyone can see that. You know, very, very few, if any, have been brought in to really challenge that. You know, you've had, oh, you know, there's a, oh, Gardner Hickman can play there at right back over the years, that kind of chat. And Eric, Eric Peters comes in as an option on the left and, you know, ended up obviously playing centre half. Martin Kelly can do both, who ended up playing zero games hardly. So, yeah, it, it needs addressing badly there, doesn't it? And Ashworth, perhaps another loan for him. We'll see him in pre-season, no doubt. Um, I have to mention Ethan Ingram as well as uh, as sort of someone who's been the, the under-21 skipper recently, who might get a look in in pre-season on the right side. But, yeah, the, the, those young players who have had good times of it, Again, different situations for both of them, but but Taylor's a really interesting prospect, isn't he? Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see. I'm going to rattle through three more. Um, James or Sponge84. Any noises yet from sources at the club as to when season tickets will be announced? I guess more importantly, if you've heard any rumours of prices. Not something I've heard, Lewis. I'm sure it'll be asked to Ron Gawley. And no, the news of season yeah. tickets came quite early last year. Um, so I'll be interested to see if they come, um, come as early as they did. Um, last time we just talked briefly before about Lewis's uh, attitude towards Scottish football um, and we've got a question here from Ian McCauley um, sorry to single out a player but as a keen Aussie baggy um, why is Ro- why was Rogic, Tom Rogic not getting more um, game time this season I, I actually wrote for you guys who were signed up to the Albion newsletter um, I think it was last week I wrote a, a piece on Tom Rogic and, and why his, probably, his race has probably run at Albion um, and I was his time at Albion probably defined by two moments: the goal at Sunderland and an unbelievable assist against Rotherham at home. But just haven't seen on a more consistent basis. Uh, what has it been for you, Lewis? He's got the quality, hasn't he? Because we've seen it. But it's just, yeah. you know, he didn't have a pre-season. He came in what September. Um, probably never really got fit. Um, just seemed like one that had so much potential, but just 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 petered out completely. I mean, you say, yeah, you say defined by those moments, Charlie, but I pro- probably disagree. Uh, those were the high points, but defined by... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frustration, isn't it? Yeah. That's what you'll be most remembered for. Yeah, I mean, a free, a free agent, obviously, nobody had, had made a move before the end of last summer, and, and he was a, a high-profile free, free agent, wasn't he? And yeah. I remember he was even one we'd sort of picked out before the move happened, and... Imagine there were other suitors, really, and I, I know Albion were were happy to get him in and quite excited at his potential. Um, it just, I think, a mixture of a couple of things, really. I think a mixture of coming in with limited fitness, certainly in terms of match sharpness, from a a very modest, broken up preseason. I, I don't know exact details of what what he was doing in terms of when he came in, but it was quite clear he wasn't ready to start games regularly, wasn't it? And then, um, and then didn't seem like physically able to handle the, the the championship, the fitness side of the champ. Um, that that was how I took it, you know, niggles, breakdowns and that. Again, that comes from the pre-season, doesn't it? And not being up to speed. And then when you throw in the champ and its demands, physical matches and the schedule, just couldn't couldn't keep up, couldn't get going, couldn't. And yeah, it was it was good to see. In, <laughs> Interesting, wasn't it, to see the flash of his quality just after the World Cup break, actually. And I remember Carlos Corban saying he used the period well and it was important to him. And perhaps that's why we saw his his best in the week after the break. And then, obviously, just another example of, what, three, four, five games catching up with him and another setback and not being, he's not been able to come back at all from that, has he? And when he has been on the bench, it's been very short cameos, no impact. And then, you know, not even in a match day squad and not coming off the bench. He's been a massive disappointment for me, actually, Johnny, because we know how loved he is at Celtic. Um, and I was really looking forward to seeing it, seeing glimpses and flashes yeah, of, of, of his quality. Fans who spoke highly of him. Like, yeah, of his, for obvious reasons, you know, played a great amount of games there and he's, he's loved there. But we haven't seen one one goal, haven't we, of real quality, but we haven't seen any anything else. And no. uh, if he'd have clicked... Well, I know he plays in John Swift's position. I realise that, but if he'd have clicked, yeah, you know, he, he could have made the difference, couldn't he? Really, mm. we talk about no goals in this team all season. He could have chipped in with half a dozen, handful, and you know, another half dozen assists, and 
we're talking about several more points certainly but yeah. um that's definitely one that got away and i i, I struggled to see him well yeah. I, to be honest i yeah, put my neck out i really don't see him at the club next season so no, no i don't think we do uh a couple of uh quick ones just before we finish off um this is from alex almond nuts 92 uh, approximately how many McDonald's did you find while touring Wales? Now, Albion fans who listened to the no. last episode will know we recorded it while we were driving, me and Cox, we were driving to North Wales. I think it was four on the way up, Cox, I think. Maybe five. Yeah, potentially maybe five. More, more than expected is the answer. All the, yeah, well, well, Cox, he thinks Wales is a village. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, my, um, I regularly drive through Welshpool, actually, for one reason or another, and, and Welshpool's only just um, had a McDonald's erected, hasn't it? Uh, for those who know that neck of the woods, and uh, we we passed many, didn't we? Happily, uh, we're on a bit of a, a, a road trip day out, weren't we? We headed to Bangor to cover a game uh, for Shropshire Star, our, our sister title, and uh, yeah, it it just got it just got a sort of childlike excitement in the car, didn't it? Because we needed some scran on the way home, and uh, I, I feared the options were going to be few and far between yeah. on the way to Bangor, but they weren't, and uh, we enjoyed. Uh, we're, yeah. Even I live, I'm, I can literally see the border from my window now. We, you know, we are, we're a more developed country than you realise, country. <laughs> I'm sure you are. I'm, sure I'm you actually are. up to that neck of the woods this weekend, Johnny, actually, without uh, giving, giving too Good man. Um, I just want to give a shout out to, we've had a, we've had a, a, a tweet through from uh, Heidi, Fundra, at Fundred Heidi. Um, it's not a question, but if you've got time to mention this special junior baggy, that would be brilliant. Now, this is Heidi. Um, she's a huge baggies fan, um, and she's doing a, a, a challenge. Um, she got There's a picture of here, little Heidi, in the, uh, I think that's in the East End, I think, with a signed Dara O'Shea shirt, which is fantastic. But she's doing another challenge. Um, she's going to be cycling the distance from Paris to London to raise uh, money for Alzheimer's UK and Macmillan Cancer Support. Um, and at uh, Fundraiser Heidi has, has tweeted us a link to a, a Just Giving page. Fantastic from a, a young baggy doing something for a great course. Um, so head over there. It's been retweeted on my Twitter account if you want to go over and donate. And uh, and Heidi will stick the link in the, in the bio of the or in the description of the episode as well. So baggies fans, if you can spare a few coins for for young Heidi, um, this uh, this junior baggy. Um, please do because it's a fantastic cause uh, and good luck to you in your in your challenge finally Coxie um, boing, boing, Heidi. boing boing Heidi definitely boing boing Heidi um, final question and I want you to answer this ridiculously quickly because we're okay. sort of this is we're going to do an hour and a half next week we've almost done an hour and a half today um, uh, we've had so many good questions but question from Doctor Strange which players from the Swansea game do you think will be starting the first game in August Oh, okay. Palmer. I'm just getting the lineup up. Uh, starting the first game in August. Yeah, Palmer. Townsend. Wallace. Malumbi. Yeah, Malumbi and Yukuslu in in an ideal world, but it's it's hard to you know. Um, and Swift. Yeah. I, I would. I would say, I mean, what was that? One, two, three, four, five, six at most. O'Shea? Yeah, um, yeah, certainly. Yeah, he, he will be back fit, won't he? So, yeah, you, you would say, yeah. But again, you've got to put asterisks next to uh, O'Shea. Yeah, yeah. We would want to be starting, but will be starting. You know, we, we need that clarifying, don't we? Uh, certainly, you would imagine Corbran would want Dar O'Shea 
Okai and Jason Malumbi in his in his eleven next season, but on the opening day. But that's not to say he won't be in the market for central midfielders, is he, to improve there? Mm. So um, a lot to see there. But I I would say no more than five or six from Swans. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. See, Baggies fans, thank you very much for your questions. We are long out of time on this week's Baggies broadcast. Um, we're going to be back next week where we'll be talking. We'll hopefully know a bit more. Um, or potentially about out-of-contract players. We'll certainly be talking about that. And I'm sure there'll be some early market movement or certainly some rumours we can talk about. But we're going to be spending next week just dissecting the season, um, basically answering Sunil Patel's question from a few minutes ago um, on what what went wrong, who was to blame, what was to blame. Um, and we'll be doing that next week with a with a with a longer a longer episode, the the, the Cox and Drury post mortem. We'll uh, we'll call it into. High charts out the ready, yeah. Then after that, uh, we're into guest season. Then uh, we've got a number of guests this year. We, we, we've, we've, I think we've recorded six or seven um, so far. Potentially another one on the cards. Um, sort of smaller names. Um, some names you might not have heard of, um, or depending on your age um, or sort of your, your memory. Um, who've been at Albion as players? We've got a couple of people who've, who've been off field at Albion um, as well. Um, but some very interesting stories among them episodes, um, which we're very much looking forward to bringing um, to you. I think the first episode is going to be the week after next. So keep an eye out for, for details on them. We're also at some point going to be sitting down chatting with Action for Albion and the guys down there. It's been a sort of debut campaign for them this season. Um, so we're going to look back on the work they've done and, and what they're going to plan and continue doing in the future. So that'll be something we'll be discussing. We'll be bringing you the, the odd podcast um, with me and Coxie. I'm just just giving an update on things at certain periods, but I know you're off on holiday in in June, Coxie. Off anywhere nice? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple, yeah, a couple of timely breaks. Um, a bit doing a bit. Let's harangue this lad, didn't he? I don't know. Still, yeah. <laughs> I'm not making excuses for the stag. That was uh, that as a needs must. Yeah. I'll shout out for. I didn't answer the the one question about how was the stag. Took in a couple. People on my Twitter feed will have seen. I took in a couple of games, munching glad back, and then Dortmund six nil. Yeah, that was, was it. Six nil. Yeah, Jude Bellingham masterclass, mate. Oh my word. Um, and yeah, the 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 little matter of being at the very back top row of the yellow wall, which was just like mind. So the tickets were real then. Um, yeah, just about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, when when we arrived to the yellow wall, the ground and the yellow wall, we found out quickly it was um sort of first come in terms of where you stand in your your thing. Ah. So we were just sent up and up and up and up. But the view and the atmosphere was just unbelievable. And the size of that place, 81,000. Um, uh, as opposed to Munch of like the day before, where we were down in the pen with the ultras and the megaphones in the stands. So that was quite the experience. Anyone that hasn't done that who's into their footy, I just just try and do it. Um, unbelievable. Um, yeah, doing a, doing a UK break early on in June. Got a bit of London. Actually off to Dublin as well there um, with some friends coming over. And, and then Turkey. And then Turkey for a bit of sun. Bit of much needed sun because it's not Sorry, very mate, I'll, I'll hold the fort back here in the hold UK, the fort. please Johnny yeah sort it out I've, I've, oh. I've, I've, now the season's done I've, I've, I've had enough so <laughs> good man good yeah. man well, well for, for the Baggies fans who are asking what well, you know we, we won't be going away there'll certainly be podcasts for you to listen to whether you're sitting by the pool sipping on your strawberry daiquiri or whatever you fancy there'll always be uh, be something on your Spotify or your iTunes or SoundCloud to, to listen to thanks again for listening Baggies fans thanks for your questions unfortunately it wasn't to be for Albion now. It's the question of what next. At the moment, not many of us can can answer that question. Have a good week, Baggies fans. Until next time, from me and Coxie. Boing, boing. Boing, boing.